Hello everyone, welcome to Casual Experts Only. We are your casual experts, Mike and Luke. And today we're gonna to be talking about the Mission Impossible movies in preparation for the new one, Dead Reckoning Part One, which technically comes out today, but um, we're, yep. well, well not today, but today when this comes out, we're recording it on Tuesday. So yeah, um, should be interesting. We're just gonna be talking about the movies and some like facts, fun facts, bottom, all this, that kind of stuff, Wh which ones we like the best and like the least, all that kind of stuff. But before we do that, we have some news to talk about. So first things first, uh, I believe, yeah, just, I guess this is a little while ago now, but we haven't really, you know, we do this every other Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So some of the news is a little old sometimes, but on June 30th, it seems that uh, actor Alan Arkin passed away. Yeah. Um, he was 89 years old and I believe it was natural causes just from, you know, age and everything. So sure. Nothing crazy. Um, cause of death wise there but yeah like i mean he's been in a million things i mean i've, I've, I've mostly seen him in comedies mm. um but he's been in a lot of dramatic things i guess over the years um like yeah. looking through his imdb like i've seen him in a lot of stuff like argo um get smart um i saw that movie uh yeah that um zach braff movie going in style he mm. was in that. He was like one yeah. of the leads in that. Just things like that. Grudge match. I've seen like he's had like supporting roles and oh yeah, he was he was in the Muppets. No, <laughs> like he just kind of popped a lot of places. So yeah, he was right, right. Kind of a Hollywood icon. Like he's been going for so long since. I mean, like his IMDb page is insanely long. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, one hundred and ten something things. He yeah, one hundred and eleven, yeah. and he directed a few things. Uh, like says nine things. Yeah, so he, he's yeah he's been acting since the fifties, since mm. nineteen fifty seven. So, yeah, he had quite the career. So it's always sad, but I mean, yeah, it's it's always kind of sad when like people start passing away who've been right a lot of things. Like like I'm kind of worried about like some other <laughs> actors, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. I mean, like some of them are getting up there. Like like Harrison Ford is eighty, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, nobody else like comes directly to mind but there's a lot of actor yeah i'm kind of like people right. are dying quick man <laughs> <laughs> yeah well no one well not quick he was 89 but this it seems it seems quick because you know i obviously wasn't alive for all that right um but yeah uh apparently the this has been kind of bubbling up for a while but apparently um the screen actors guild may yeah be striking which I think we'll probably know by the time this episode comes out. I think tomorrow is I, when. Yeah, they're going to have a meeting tomorrow, the day after re recording this. So by the time it comes up, we'll know. Right, exactly. And this has kind of even been bubbling for a while since the Writers Guild has been on strike for, I mean, it's mm -hmm. been like a month now-ish. Yeah, I think about a month and a half. It was like early May, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and um, very similar reasons why the Screen Actors Guild is going, is likely um going to be striking it, it's it seems like the two main issues are like re residuals like payment via residuals and it's the whole thing with streaming and ai how yeah. studios seem like they are experimenting with using ai to basically replace writers and yeah. actors in some respects mm -hmm. um and obviously people aren't you know happy about that you know it's kind of like same idea, but I think a little bit even larger and more untested, like when 
um, companies, corporations start y using like machines for jobs, like in factories and people saying right. like, oh, my, you know, I got replaced by by a machine kind of thing. It's kind of like a similar idea, but I think with a lot more um, implications. Yeah. So I think the the issue here is not like in the Mandalorian where they, they did AI for, for Mark Hamill because they, they paid him. Yeah, and like, that's different. Whenever you use an actor's likeness, you have to pay them because that's, you know, that goes back decades. And but... there was a body double guy there too. Who yeah. Was on set. But I think this goes more into like creating, like we're seeing, we're seeing, we're seeing some of this in like the music space. I think creating like whole, like, I don't want to say people, but you know, like, like yeah. beings with entirely artificial intelligence, you know, like mm -hmm. there's like rappers and all that. They're making a completely AI. Interesting. Um, I, th I think that's what this is about because like, like I just mentioned, mm -hmm. it's, if you use an actor's likeness, you have to pay them that, you know, that's, yeah. that's the best the law. So I don't, I don't really, I haven't really looked into it as much as the writer's guild, but that kind of sure. seems what's happening. Yeah. And there is, this is um, the LA times. Um, this actor, Eric Edelstein, um, talked about how he's been working, like, since, what? Yeah, he's been working for a long time in the business. Um, and, like, he used to be able to support himself on, like, three or mm -hmm. four guest appearances a year. Um, you know, and yeah. maybe a, a commercial or two a year. But now it's, like, impossible to do that because of streaming people aren't really paid residuals. Basically companies are profiting from streaming, but they're literally right. paying nobody for it. Like it used to be right, when right. TV episodes went on the air or even when they got like um, released in home media format, you know, people would get paid for that. The actors, writers, mm -hmm. everyone who worked on it would get at least some kind of compensation for that because the companies would too, you know, like, it's, you know, right. like just the different distributing and, um, broadcasting rights, all that. But with streaming, every, like things are a little more nebulous numbers-wise, or at least the companies mm -hmm. are keeping them more under wraps. Like, you know, right. Netflix seems to not want to say, like give their analytics for anything, which I feel like they have to right. know. Um, but yeah, so basically the big, the heads of the corporations are getting paid for all this stuff, but nobody else is getting paid for it anymore. And right. really streaming is getting larger than like TV mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. you know, was. So it comes a lot of implications and a lot of the studio heads don't really want to address it. And, right. you know, people are basically not making and like a lot of people seem to assume, assume that the people striking are like Tom Cruise and, you know, uh yeah. you know nicole kidman jack but like, like like think of any famous people it's like no it's like people normal people who don't really make much more than like a blue collar worker who are just like small time right. writers and actors who maybe work on bigger projects but don't you know aren't multi-millionaires and are just trying to survive who aren't like being paid enough by the companies anymore to like live you know right right and I think that a lot of the big name actors you mentioned um, will oftentimes get a producer credit as well. So yeah. like they're they'll get a cut of the profits, whereas a regular actor wouldn't necessarily. That's a good point. Pay as much money. Yeah, yeah, and like and yeah, it's like the same thing for the actors too. Like it's the the ones that were cited in this article seem like you know m much smaller like guest role actors, you know, right, right, who like depend on their roles to eat you know mm -hmm. so right. 
Yeah, so, and, and it's the, some of these quotes were saying that basically, like, like, the studio heads are, like, just pretty much ignoring any issues in ne negotiations. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. It definitely doesn't seem like the studio heads are taking these strikes seriously. So, yeah. we'll see how things go. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely putting a hold on things, which I feel like is a mixed bag because, I mean, I really hope they just start delaying things and not trying to push things through certain things. Um, say like Deadpool three is almost done filming. So mm -hmm. which speaking of that, like the first like set set photos just released recently. Yeah. Um, and like showing Wolverine and like a blue, like a comic accurate blue and yellow and black suit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seems like, and th there was also this picture of like a, a broken down 20th, 20th century Fox, Right, um, right. Logo seems like it's going to be very meta, like the other two mm -hmm. Deadpool movies were. But yeah, but so like just that, like that movie's getting pushed through because it was already filming when this happened. Um, mm -hmm. But it does. It seems like whenever things are released and are made during a, like a writer strike, they don't turn out so great because they can't make any alterations during filming that, that like they normally right, do. Right. So I guess we'll see what happens, but I feel like there's enough stuff that we don't necessarily need. Like, I feel like companies have been pumping out just constant mm -hmm. content nonstop. Like it's, it's like impossible to keep up <laughs> with, mm -hmm. with everything. Even if you're a big fan of say like yeah. a franchise, like, like Marvel or star Wars or something. Right. So part of me hopes this kind of, makes the bigger companies kind of reevaluate like mm -hmm. you know whether they should just keep pumping stuff out or maybe just take the more time on less projects and come out right. with better quality you know shows and movies and everything yeah and I, i'm curious because like you mentioned there's a lot of projects that are currently filming and if, and if they go on strike tomorrow are they gonna continue filming like i don't know i feel like if they're part of the Screen Actors Guild, I, I don't think they can really. If, like, if they're okay, yeah, on sure, because, like, with the writer's strike, people right. who are part of the writer's guild aren't really allowed to, you know, like, they kind of have to be mm -hmm. like, like, they technically could write for something, but you know, it wouldn't be good. They'd probably lose their membership and just things like that. So, that would, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but yeah, that's interesting. No, <laughs> well, not interesting, yeah. it's kind of, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see how things go with mm -hmm. honestly with with both um strikes, right right honestly but uh wanted to like just kind of brush over real quick some jonathan majors stuff like mm -hmm. with the whole um court case the abuse allegations and charges which apparently it was changed to a misdemeanor um mm. because of i guess the changing testimony of the witness um, okay. the victim, the alleged victim. And there were two headlines that released like the same day that were very confusing. And I like, I'm not going to get too into them cause it is kind of confusing, but so like one going around was saying the NYPD has evidence to arrest woman who said Jonathan majors hit her kind of seeming like, hmm. you know, maybe he's innocent. And then another one by Rolling Stone said, Jonathan majors, extreme abuse allegedly goes back nearly a decade like oh okay um it, it seems uh, so for the first one the nypd has evidence to arrest woman that's not an it's it's it, it, it's a bit clickbaity 
Mm -hmm. Basically, the main idea is that the NYPD issued an I card, an investigation card, which basically just means that they need her for some reason, whether it's questioning or, you know, they have evidence against her for something, but it's not really clear and nobody's really saying anything about it. Like nobody's really coming forward with any evidence on either side besides saying, you know, my client's innocent. The other one's like, no, my client's innocent, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and I know there were quite a few women who were cooperating with the d- district attorney's office, seemingly against majors. And I, th- right. the second, this other article, the extreme abuse that allegedly goes back nearly a decade. It seems like some other, some other people are coming out and saying like, oh, he was abusive with his past partners. He was aggressive on sets. He was a source of toxicity at Yale. Um, mm-hmm. Two dozen sources tell Rolling Stone. Um, but majors vehemently denies all accusations. So it's like, you know, it's like it's it's very messy, um, you know, yeah. and it's like when all this kind of like conflicting information comes at you, it's kind of hard to know who's right about stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think a lot for a lot of people, this comes down to like what you want to be <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. Just kind of believe that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I have yeah. like no real like cohesive thoughts on this because it's like. I don't know. It, like, it seems like the court case right now is very messy and mm. all these allegations are too. So I don't know. Speaking of no coherent thought, I had one news that I wanted to mention. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't remember which article, but it, w- it was one of the big, the news sources, like the New Yorker or something like that. Yeah. There was a, um, so apparently Mattel had like a press conference or something. Well, it wasn't okay. a press, co- it, was, it was private. So only a couple of reporters were there mm-hmm. um, where they were talking about because of the success of Barbie, which hasn't come out yet, um, right? Yeah, they are interested in making movies based on forty of their existing IP. Dear God! So I don't because I don't have the article in front of me, so I don't remember exactly which ones. But this included making a Hot Wheels movie, I think. Yeah, exactly. So. It included a J.J. Abrams Hot Wheels movie that was okay. dark, emotional, and gritty, but they don't have a script yet. Um, I don't understand how you can like be like you know Hot Wheels, you know like right, right, R. right. like what? Right. Exactly. And there was a Daniel Kaluuya produced A twenty four style Barney movie. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, I did hear about that too. Yeah. Uh, and then there was this sort of heist movie based around the Uno that takes place in the Atlanta hip hop scene. So. Uh, look forward to all of that oh coming God. in the future. I feel like Hasbro's already tried some of that and hasn't done yeah. great. I mean, the most successful right, right. one is Transformers, mm-hmm. um, even though it's been like not very well received critically. They've made a lot of money, um, right? And yeah, like B- Battleship went nowhere, and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. GI Joe has been like starting and stopping since it <laughs> first. Uh, right, right, yeah um probably not not the best takeaway from like barbie people being interested in barbie because it's not even like you know it hasn't come out yet so i don't really right exactly it's just internet buzzing like we've seen in the past like with with the snyder cut and uh morbius it doesn't necessarily equate that your movie is going to be successful just because people on the internet are talking about it so like we don't yeah (laughs) exactly and i feel like it's a very like it's it's a very case specific thing like the, the, mm-hmm. this Barbie movie, because it, it is like centered more towards adults, but I feel like like it's very meta and right feels like it's targeted towards like adults who, you know, were familiar with Barbie as kids. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, but like, I, I don't see how you can do that with most of the other toy properties. I feel like Barbie works more because it is like technically like human dolls and you can yeah. do more with that. Also, there is mm -hmm. kind of always been the archetype ver like Barbie and Ken were like the archetypal, you know, right, right. Um, uh, definitions of like, you know, um, yeah skin deep beauty type thing you know so mm -hmm. like them mm -hmm. they made a whole song about how vapid it is you know <laughs> so right exactly yeah. so exactly. i don't see like they can definitely tap into that for you know a more like mature um almost commentary comedy movie right. like right. what are you gonna do that with hot wheels you know yeah exactly it's like kids exactly. in india put these together and weren't paid <laughs> that's funny right <laughs> like whoa okay you know <laughs> i don't right yeah right um yeah speaking of big companies microsoft has won its court case with the ftc which was really? trying to block them from acquiring act activision yeah or yeah a activision blizzard the ftc mm -hmm. the federal trade commission was arguing that their acquisition of activision would basically um, prevent competition between X, uh, Microsoft and Sony because Activision like you know owns too many titles all that stuff um, right. however the courts ruled against the FTC I guess they basically were saying like they haven't provided enough evidence to really prove that that would happen like the, yeah you know there are there are arguments would happen now the FTC can appeal this and I think there are UK um courts or what is it uk um commissions and stuff trying to block it as well but apparently after mm -hmm. the court decision the the cma i'm not i'm not sure what that stands for but it's a uk um mm -hmm. commission i guess they and microsoft agreed to pause their legal battle and negotiate However, I, I believe July 28th is when that court date is set between um, that UK commission and Microsoft. So I guess we'll see how that goes. But I mean, this kind of happens every time a big company tries to acquire something like this happened when Disney tried to acquire Fox. Mm -hmm. It went on for like two or three months. And finally, they're like, oh, no, you're fine. You can have it. <laughs> so, yeah, and I don't I don't really play a lot of video games, but it seems like I don't think that activists big enough that if Microsoft bought yeah. them, it would be considered a monopoly. Cause I think there's a lot mm -hmm. of other competition in, in the market. I don't know. I don't play video games a lot. So yeah, I don't really, it's definitely complicated for me. It, like it seems a bit, I don't know. Cause Microsoft did already buy, um, Bethesda, um, yeah. a while ago and like all their new games are going to be Xbox exclusives. Um, mm. I don't know. It feels a bit like, I feel like Sony has so many different studios yeah making exclusive games and now xbox granted like xbox has focused more on just acquiring other brands as opposed to making their own games but i feel like the end right. goal is to make their own games and mm -hmm. like i don't really care if they want to do that like sony does the same thing like if playstation players are gonna like piss and moan about oh but xbox is games i want to play like same thing with playstation you know like it's like yeah. it's just you know i i feel like if anything it's going to stimulate competition with mm. Sony trying to come up with their like more exclusives and stuff. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens, but I'm not some sort of e economics expert right. or anything, but right. 
Um, yeah, I did have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can go first. I had uh, one more. I, I, I was just gonna say, speaking of Activision, apparently, um, the boys are coming to um, Call of Duty. There's yeah, like a new that. season, and I think Starlight, Black Noir, and Homelander are gonna be mm-hmm. I, I, like playable characters. Or that pretty much just means like skins. Um, right. I'm not sure what that's going to all entail, but that should be interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, VOT social medias, they put out like a little yeah. video with with um, Black Noir giving like a press conference or something like that. It's very funny. That's kind of funny. I, I haven't watched it, but I saw part of it. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news where we get into Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, San Diego Comic-Con. Nobody's going to be there. Yeah. No, <laughs> no yeah, exactly. so there are some studios that are going to be in, according to gizmodo.com. This is where I'm getting this. I guess Paramount mm. is going to be there. They're going to have a panel for t- their new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated movie. Mm-hmm. I guess Prime Video is going to be there as well as Lionsgate. Seems like Max and maybe Warner Brothers. But Marvel, Not- Lucasfilm, yeah. Disney, Netflix, Sony, uh, DC, HBO none of them are going to be there. <laughs> so it's like Hall H is going to be like empty, you know, <laughs> like what are they? Right. And apparently there aren't any Hall H panels on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing because of this. So I feel like there's not going to like, I feel like San Diego Comic-Con has become kind of just like a hub of like, Oh, this is where all the big movie announcements and TV announcements come from. And now like there's not, there's not going to be a whole lot. It's just going to be like a regular Comic-Con. Yeah. It's going to be about comics and uh, like, <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, right, uh, right. But at the same time, I feel like that is a main draw. And like, especially given San Diego Comic Con's pricing. Yeah. I feel like, like, I, I feel like for people who've already bought tickets, you know, mm-hmm. might feel like, oh, this might be a little overpriced for this year's attractions, you know? <laughs> but yeah. yeah but I, I mean, it makes sense given the writer's strike and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like next year, maybe the studios will come back with even because I feel like they've been a little lackluster the last few years. DC hasn't done a whole lot. Marvel has just been like, here's the stuff we already announced with just like a little more detail, you know? Right, so hopefully right. they both come back with like reevaluated slates and are like, yeah, here's some cool mm-hmm. stuff you can actually be excited about that's actually going to come, you know? Right, right, right. Assuming they have actors. Um, yeah, right. And writers. <laughs> yeah. I did have one more. Um, news that is kind of interesting um yeah. greta gerwig has signed up f- with netflix to make two narnia movies so yeah, they're not they didn't right. say which ones mm-hmm. and uh i kind of hope that there's some of the ones that we haven't seen yeah. already because like Me too. the lion the witch and the wardrobe and prince caspian have been adapted like a thousand times yeah um yeah yeah, yeah it's really like yeah. old bbc ones and then like the big yeah. studio ones yeah yeah but there's like three or four books that have never been touched. And it mm-hmm. seems like every time they make a Narnia adaptation, they go in like the order of publication and not chronological order. Yeah. Because they, C.S. Lewis, he wrote the first four, which have been adapted. And then he wrote two prequels and then he wrote the last one. Yeah. And those first four have always have been made into movies and TV shows and all that. But mm-hmm. the prequels and the last one haven't been touched yet. So I hope that the that Netflix is going to go in chronological order. Me so too. we start with ones we haven't seen yet and then kind of work into what ones we have seen, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it would be cool if they went in chronological order, like one through seven. Yeah. Um, like I, and I feel like they can't really adapt some of the other books and not touch the mm. Pevensey tr- trilogy, I guess. 
Right. But there's four other books without them, you know? So exactly. like, like the yeah. magician's nephew, that's like the first one. I feel like that would be a perfect yeah. place to start because crazy. It's yeah. the first one. Um, right. Right. And, you know, and like it, it does kind of lead into the second one because that's where you see Narnia get made and like get created. And then mm -hmm. like the professor um, is like their guardian or whatever the the Pepsi's yeah. guardian in the movie so yeah like i feel like feel like that'd be a perfect place to start but i'd really like to see right. um a horse and his boy too yeah that's one of my favorite ones yeah. i feel like that one could be a really cool like just it, it could be a very different tone a little more yeah. serious and maybe even like mm -hmm. grittier take on right. narnia kind of like the book was it, like it, it, yeah. it wasn't very connected to anything else besides like you know cameos i guess um right right but it had like a very more just like serious and contained story that they could really do something cool with it um, yeah it's really it's really interesting because it's the only one that's told from the perspective of someone who's like grown up in this magical narnia yeah. world and so it's really interesting yeah so i feel like yeah the magician's nephew in that one could be really cool silver yeah. chair would be hard to do because right it's like I've, i i can't remember anybody's name but the will poulter character in yeah. um that voyage of the dawn shredder he mm -hmm. is the main character in the, in, in the silver chair right. so it's kind of it's kind yeah. of a sequel to dawn shredder so it's hard to do mm -hmm. you know um that without readapting dawn shredder or you know yeah and you can't, you can't really make a sequel because Will Poulter's like 30 and he's supposed to be right. like 16 in that story. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I did hear about that. So I, I, I kind of expected them to do like a series, like a Narnia series, not movies. Yeah. But right, right. I mean, I feel like they would work either way. Maybe, yeah, I mean, I feel yeah. like they, they could work as a, like a small like season series, like a five episode Season yeah they're not book. that long so it would only be no. like three to five episodes yeah. yeah they're not like tolkien or um right. harry potter books or something that are like super right. long you know that is everything for the news now on to mission impossible we're just going to kind of talk about each movie a little bit our thoughts on them and yeah then just talk about which ones we like the most in preparation yeah. for the new one and uh is it safe to say you're a fan of this franchise yeah it is one of the few franchises that i liked growing up but i mm -hmm. still like today yeah um yeah i mean I've, I've loved all of them and i continue it seems like each one gets better and better and it's 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 yeah i love it yeah i feel like this is one of the few long-lasting action franchises that hasn't crawled up inside its own ass. <laughs> mm, <laughs> like right. this kind of finds a new way to make things interesting and isn't just rehashing the same thing over and over. I do hope these last two are the last ones because I don't want things to go too long. I mm -hmm. feel like, like with John Wick, I feel like almost kind of like overstated its welcome a bit. Like I was really sure. hyped for the fourth one when the third one came out. But by the time the mm -hmm. fourth one came out, I'm like, yeah, this is great. It's John Wick. But also it's like, you know, I hope this is the end because like I feel like right. too much of a good thing is, you know, too much. Yeah, um, absolutely. So but with these, yeah, they just kind of keep getting better and better um, in a lot of different ways. But yeah, let's let's start with the first one, which mm. was not I was actually the second one I saw. I, I started with the third one. Um, the, the third one was the first one I saw, but we'll talk more, more about that one. Yeah. later but yeah so number one made in 1996 mm -hmm. um what what do you think about this one yeah i really like it it's probably mm -hmm. the most unique it's mm -hmm. very much like a classic spy yeah. thriller not so much an action movie mm -hmm. uh but it's it's still really good there's some really tense moments yeah. um 
I really like that the, the antagonist was actually the main character from the TV show. I think that's a cool little twist. Yeah, right. Uh, it's not the same actor, but it's the same. Yeah, they character. they couldn't get the yeah. same actor. He didn't want to come back, but yeah. he's the same character. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is. And so is like the show supposed to be canon then, or is it just kind of like so. an Easter egg? I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. That is the thing. I feel like this one, I mean, it was not 96, so I feel like it feels a little dated, mostly with yeah. like the technology. Mm. Um but yeah, it's still like it still holds up pretty well though, with like an interesting story. Oh, yeah. Um mm-hmm. and like as like a franchise start, yeah, it is very I- I- interesting. Like like you said, you know, like a spy thriller. Mm-hmm. I really like oh yeah, and there are gonna be major spoilers here. We're not gonna be holding back. So if you haven't seen these right. or you know, whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. like the beginning was very interesting how like everybody gets killed and yeah. you, you, they they really do a good job playing up the uh, like like how unsure Ethan mm. is who to trust right um, you know because like everybody dies except two of them aren't dead and he's like okay but how mm-hmm. come you guys are the only ones that survived you know and y- there's a lot of like betrayal and outsmarting and kind of like a cat and mouse kind of game and I thought that was very interesting and also the iconic like cable um ceiling yeah. cable scene like it's not only is it iconic but it's so freaking tense like when you're watching yeah. it like there's no music they're just like holding on to the cable they even have to watch their sweat you know mm-hmm. like it was this very that was that was very well done and like those Yo, yeah i think that's like the, the that is the staple of this franchise is you know crazy stunts mm-hmm. um but i feel like this one relies less on the craziness of it and more just like the tense stakes of it yeah. Yeah. Um, and also we get introduced to Luther, who ends up being like a great character going forward. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they all do a great job. All, all, all the actors do a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this one definitely feels the most like they're adapting an old TV show. Even, mm-hmm. the, you know, like it, you, you can definitely feel that, which I am glad that they kind of just ignored the show after this because I feel like nobody really remembers it. Like, right. Like my parents knew of it and saw some episodes, but it wasn't like a huge thing. Like, I feel like the movies have yeah. majorly outgrown like the popularity mm-hmm. of the show. For sure. Um, but I mean, they still kept the theme, which is great because it's great. Oh, yeah. But I like that opening title sequence is really cool. They keep they still keep it to this day where it's like yeah. a just a, a slide show of everything that's going to happen in the next movie, oh, in the yeah. rest of the movie. And and, and, so cool. and like that um, bomb wick. Right. Burning. Yeah. 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 The the fuse. yeah. yeah. It's 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 very good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, is there really that much else to say about this first one? I mean, it's good. No, I like mean, it's just yeah, kind of classic. It's just... It's just a really tense, good thriller. I think mm-hmm. Brian De Palma was not necessarily the, the one I would come to mind when you think make a Mission Impossible movie, but he did a really yeah. good job. What else has he done? Uh, he did the original Carrie. Um, oh, okay. I okay. can't remember anything else off the top of my head. So but is he more of like a smaller horror movie director? Um, or... he's more like I don't think he's done any other horror movies, but okay. he's more like a, a like a thriller kind of psychological okay. movie kind of. Well, you can guy. definitely see that in this. Yeah. Um, like there is action, but it's less. It's it's more like intrigue heavy mm-hmm. and dialogue mm-hmm. heavy than it is like relying on action. Like say the later right. movies, like it definitely turns into more of like a spy action thriller. Mm-hmm. franchise but in a good way <laughs> yeah um, exactly like i feel like the fast and furious movies did that as well but it feels like you know a ape with half a brain is is, right. is, is at the helm <laughs> right uh, right um 
so let's move to the second one the mm. the uh objectively the best no i honestly <laughs> right. this one feels more dated than the first one yeah um it, it's basically like all the 2000s hollywood cliches you can think of like wrapped into a movie you know <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's 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 something to behold like it's 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 worth seeing just because i feel like re-watching it it's just almost a comedy yes like and the, the, i think the yeah. rest of the movies take on that silly tone but in like mm -hmm. a really good way like i yeah. don't know how to describe it but they're all like very absurd but not like stupid i don't know yeah. it's it's weird i feel like the main story of this is interesting mm. um oh you know i i forgot to say this about the first movie but yeah apparently the in the first movie is the only one in the franchise where ethan hunt doesn't fire a gun and is oh. also the only one to not have shootouts or gunfights mm, i didn't really think about that but i guess that's true thinking about it, they're all like hand-to-hand -hand combat or like yeah just people getting like killed by guns not like a shootout right right um but yeah the second movie um i feel like the main story is interesting enough like the whole like chimera virus thing and you know mm -hmm. doug ray scott is a villain i like i haven't seen most of these movies since like 2018 i think yeah um, i've only i think i've only seen the second one all the way through like one time well i, I remember the first time i saw it, i was like yeah it's it's fine it's a movie and then i, I went back and rewatched yeah all of them with my friend in preparation for fallout and i was mm -hmm. like oh my god this thing is cheesy as hell <laughs> like yeah. i did not remember yeah. and like that oh my god that one sequence where um ethan hunt and the Douglas scott character are like playing chicken with each like with motorcycles oh, yeah. and then they just like yeah. break and just smack in <laughs> midair it's insane yeah. like it's kind of yeah. hilarious though like it's yeah it's right. pretty it's quite a feat but like there are some cool stuff like that rock climbing sequence at the beginning is is kind yeah. of cool in a mm -hmm. over the top dramatic way like when he like uses the sunglasses to like get the mission and then he just like throws them behind him and there's like, this big explosion you know it's 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 like right. all the stereotypical like action movie cool guy stuff you know is like mm -hmm. in this but it's very uh unironic like it's it's right, very right. like it's just leaning into it full hog you know Mm -hmm. uh it's pretty funny. yeah and i and i heard that like while they were filming it like apparently john woo yeah. had like a three-hour cut of the movie but then they, oh. they they didn't let him in the editing process so that's why it's really? like such a weird thing because they were trying to fix the movie without the director there and it just i don't know that yeah that, was, that, that kind of sounds makes kind sense. of complicated because yeah. there is a lot of like choppy edits and scenes where you're like, what was I right. supposed to get out of that scene? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I kind of hate that. Like I do like how it seems that directors more often than not nowadays are a huge part of the editing process. Yes. Um, Cause I feel like that's important yeah. for the director to actually have their right, work right. like preserved, you know? Like, what's mm -hmm. the point of them directing if they're just going to totally change <laughs> what they're doing, right. you know? For sure, for sure. But yeah, so this movie was definitely kind of crazy. No? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Apparently, for the rock climbing sequence, uh, it was filmed in Utah at Dead Horse Point. I I'm I'm getting all these facts from IMDb, so okay. if, if they're wrong, um, blame IMDb. No. <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise was apparently on table uh, tables was on cables, which which were then mm -hmm. digitally re removed. And then Ron Kauk was the climbing double and the overhang stunt was performed by the main stunt double Keith Campbell. 
uh, director Tom Cruise was no, director Tom Cruise director John Woo was so scared each time, but Tom insisted on doing it. So it seems like Tom did like basically as much as they would let him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. A- apparently Tom Cruise and John Woo clashed over some of the stunts mm-hmm. because Woo wanted stunt doubles and Cruise was adamant about doing them. Um, mm-hmm. He told Woo he didn't like cheating and that it's easy to spot when the actor is being doubled because of body movement, timing, etc. Which I think is true if it's not done well, but I think when it's done well, you usually yeah. can't tell unless you're like trying to find it, you know? Um, right. And apparently Woo was afraid of heights. Um, but mm. um, yeah, like I kind of agree, but also like, you know, stunt people need to eat. You know, like they need jobs. Right, so like, right, right. like it's kind of like, you know, on, on, on the one hand, like, yeah, it's cool that Tom Cruise does all of his stunts. And I do admire when actors do mm-hmm. like as much stunts as they can. But at the same time, like stunt people, like I think a better example of an actor dedicated to their craft doing stunts is Keanu Reeves because like Mm. he does like a lot of the stunts he does like all the gunplay in the John Wick movies he does all the fighting scenes but for the big stunts he has you know stunt doubles do them not necessarily I mean because like they're qualified for that and that's why they're there so like Mm -hmm. I don't really think that there's any virtue in hurting yourself for like like it feels like very much an ego thing for, to me, yeah. and like yeah. it's like Tom, like a lot a lot of people just like love Tom Cruise because he does all his own stunts. But to me, it's like feels very much as like an ego thing, you know. Mm. Um, you know, like it's not like I, I'm kind of indifferent to Tom Cruise as a person, you know. But when it comes to yeah. you know the stunts, <laughs> like it's 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 cool, but also it's like how far are you gonna go? <laughs> Uh, Doug Ray Scott was uh, apparently going to play Wolverine in, in X-Men originally, yeah. um, but apparently mm-hmm. filming for Mission Impossible 2 went over schedule, and he, Andy, was injured in a motorbike accident. I feel like it might have been <laughs> like during that one scene. I mean, it was it must have right. been during that chase scene, uh, and he was forced to drop out and was replaced by Hugh Jackman, who became like, you know, mm-hmm. the iconic Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, right. So, yeah, that was the second one. Um, moving on to the third one. Now, this is actually the one yeah. I started with, mm. and I feel like it's it's honestly an okay starting point. Like, the first one's good, but you don't necessarily need to see one and two to understand what's going on. I feel like right. part of that might be, might be because it takes place. Like, six year, like the, the movie came out six years after the mm-hmm. last one, and the gaps just kind of, like, stay around that for most of the sequels after this, you know, mm-hmm. between, like, four and six years, I think. Um, but I feel like this, like what, what really captured me about this one is like the intro, um, right. Where, right. um, Ethan Hunt is, you know, he and his wife are gagged like the, you know, they're, um, the Philip Seymour Hoffman character trying to get information is like threatening yeah. her life as like a really tense, intense scene. And then it like, oh, go, yeah. it goes into that iconic mission impossible intro, like I real I think mm-hmm. that was really well done and what I really like about this movie and like why it just kind of like holds a place in my heart is just it feels a lot more um even though it has all like the crazy spy stuff it feels a little more um gritty I guess than previous yeah. entries and it feels more like the action in general feels more visceral and mm-hmm. like life and death kind of like I it just you really feel the stakes 
for yeah. most of it. And I, I, I really do like the way they use um, the masks in this to like to kidnap yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And he's a he's a great villain. Oh, yeah. Um, just all the performances and like just the fact that like, <laughs> you know, Ethan has to have like his like that's the whole thing with like the bombs in people's brains. Mm. It's just like yeah. really messed up, but like a really good plot device and really just kind of um puts Ethan kind of a area of helplessness where he's not usually at when he has that like not only when he has it in his head but when it was in um the with the Carrie Ru- Russell mm-hmm. character like he couldn't really do anything to save her cuz and, and 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 it's like so instant it's like you know that and like the bomb goes right. off like all of that just really I, I guess kind of put, put an impression on me for for this mm-hmm. franchise so I really like this and, and, and introduces Simon Pegg's character Benji Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, you forget about that because he's not really yeah. in it that much. And like yeah. four and five is where he really makes his mark. Yes. But yeah. He's heard in this movie first. Yeah. And also, I feel like it's interesting to see Ethan trying to kind of live a normal life. And you're kind yeah. of, you know, you kind of see like, is that possible for him? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of answers it in the next one. Like, not really. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, it's kind of hard to work for, yeah, the. What, what, yeah what is it imf and IMF. be yeah. married to a doctor and like not have her know you know i think that him getting married was a direct response to the in my opinion very abysmal romance subplot from part two and yeah. so they just they just get him married so he did like there's no more romance because he's married he can't have sex with anyone else yeah um, right. it's not, yes. which in my mind, kind of sets it apart from James Bond, where he just kind of has mm. sex with everybody, and it's yeah. like, got to save the world, but right now, I, I'm too busy fucking. Um, <laughs> right, like, this, right. this is more like, let's just get to the, the, the world-saving stuff and skip that other stuff. He can fo- yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think about that, but that is part of what I l- like about, like, you kind of contrasted it with James Bond, and I feel like that is very um, prevalent in all major spy you know stories mm. abe is kind of you know a cliche to kind of have the spies just kind of you know be very promiscuous so kind of right. marrying him off and in the third one was kind of an interesting choice but i feel like mm-hmm. interesting in a you know respectable way like a, a good right. way i guess um like yeah. it's, it's not a, like what you expect but you know in a good writing sort of way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah this apparently yeah, apparently after the success of Shaun of the Dead, Simon Pegg was asked in an interview whether he was going to be be pursuing a career in Hollywood, to which he laughed and replied, it's not like I'm going to be in Mission Impossible 3. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Which, yeah, if, yeah if, if that's an actual quote, that's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, and mm. this was J.J. Abrams' first feature film um, yeah. that he directed. Which, yeah, and that he pretty much became attached to the franchise after this, though more in a mm-hmm. producer role after right. this. Um, but he definitely kind of seemed to take this franchise in a somewhat more serious direction, even though it's still like spy thriller, like crazy gadgets. Mm-hmm. It still seems yeah. to be a little more, somehow a little more grounded, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and apparently it had a $150 million budget, which was the most expensive movie ever un- undertaken by a first-time feature film director. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We good to move on to the fourth one. You want to say? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like 
I'm not a fan of J.J. Abrams, and I feel like a lot of his direction in this movie kind of makes it more forgettable than some of the other ones. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as two, but it's not one that I remember a whole lot of, in my opinion. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, for me, it's more probably the fact that it's the first one, you know? Sure. It's kind of sure. got like, and I feel like that. It's, this is kind of the turning point where like they get better, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from here on out. So... But yeah, I, I haven't like I you know I'd have to go back and watch it and pay more attention to like the the the, the direction style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is iconic, yeah, probably one yeah. of the best villains of the series. I don't yeah. know, uh, but yeah, at least one of the most memorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of like double crosses in this, which were honestly mo- pretty unexpected for the most part. There were there were like yeah. quite a few twists. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, number four. This one was, yeah, it came out in 2011, directed by Brad Bird, who had only been doing animation, yeah. I think, up till now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think this one is just kind of the epitome of like a good time, <laughs> like right. in yeah, this franchise. Yeah, you mentioned Brad Bird, and it feels the most cartoony, but in like mm-hmm. the best possible way. <laughs> yeah, like it works really well with the tone yeah. and the story. Right. It doesn't feel cartoony in a like stupid way mm-hmm. you know it, mm-hmm. it, it just feels yeah very and like there's still some serious stuff like the opening scene is a spy like getting shot to death <laughs> yeah right um, right so and i really like the supporting characters in this and i kind of mm-hmm. wish some of them like benji goes forward jeremy renner's character agent brant kind of go like he yeah. goes forward in, in the fifth one but he's more have it's like an he has more of an, an administrative role mm-hmm. um but the paula Patton character she just kind of goes away i think that that was kind of like a i don't know for up until rebecca ferguson all of the female team members mm-hmm. just kind of got replaced in the next movie because like maggie q was in three yeah and then um paula Patton was in four mm-hmm. um and it kind of I, I feel like it would have been better if there had been like a because the main team like ethan benji and um luther are great right i kind of wish they had found you know more team members to stick with earlier on um but right right that that doesn't take away from this movie at all um oh yeah i do wish luther were in it more he just kind of pops up at the end it's like yeah it seems more like make sure that yeah uh, i don't remember the actor's name make sure he's in all of them it's okay to put him in the end uh you know yeah he was probably off uh recording arby's commercials or something right yeah that's fair that's fair (laughs) um yeah, so I think the most iconic scene from this movie is obviously the Burj Khalifa tower scaling yeah. scene. Um, which is I, what I really f- like about that whole sequence is everything goes wrong. Like they have this really good plan yep. and then all their gadgets just start messing up and they don't have tech support because <laughs> they're like on their own. And that is kind of a funny trope in these movies is like pretty much every single movie he's he goes rogue even goes rogue and goes off on his own but right like, right you know it, it is definitely like you know a cliche but it also kind of works for the most part and yeah that is kind of the point and they do address it in later movies in almost kind of a meta way which is kind of fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah that's the fact that like everything kind of goes wrong but they still adapt and mostly complete their mission and you know yeah. i was watching an interview with um I don't remember the guy's name, but he is the stunt coordinator for the past three Mission Impossible movies. And he was describing okay. the character of Ethan Hunt as 
Um, so you see a kid drowning in a river. You jump into the river and you grab the kid, but then you, the, oh no, there's a waterfall coming down. You go, oh shit! Uh, it's like, yeah, that's 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 Ethan. I, yeah. I think it's great. Like everything that goes wrong, you have to adapt, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, right. It's yeah, it's very interesting just seeing the different ways he overcomes mm-hmm. like the next right. crazy thing. Like, and this is probably the most, at least for me, the most like anxiety inducing. Um, yeah. Uh, stunt like the way he's climbing the tower but then mm-hmm. his gloves mm-hmm. keep malfunctioning so he's basically just free climbing this tower and it's like his rope keeps breaking you know <laughs> right 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 uh yes yeah, yeah and it's it was they were shot on imax cameras and like even if you're watching it on like a tiny ass screen it's still like mm-hmm. the, the depth is is so cool yeah uh, and like you, you can you can feel he's yeah. really high up it's it's a really good scene yeah and they didn't they actually like yeah, they actually filmed it like outside the tower. Yeah, which is no, they, nuts. Yeah. Like, right, that is something really cool about this franchise. Is I feel like where most movies would just film it on like a sound stage, they're mm-hmm. like, no, nah, we're going to the. And that is probably a lot to do with Tom Cruise and his like, you know, uh, right. Like, I, I must be putting myself at death's door every second, you know. But mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the same time, there is like a, a really cool realism that comes with it. Um, right and like right. you can feel like it's a real building and it's really you know mm-hmm. and but yeah so that was very cool and yeah apparently tom cruise dangled outside the tower at approximately 1700 feet wow which is over half the length it's 2722 feet tall mm. um yeah so <laughs> it's kind of crazy i mean yeah. obviously he must have been like strapped into harnesses and stuff um and yeah cgi yeah. it out but still it's that is still nuts screw that <laughs> i'd never mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. um, right and just like like that scene where he has to he has to like improvise and use that like ribbon or whatever to like mm-hmm. uh, swing over and then he like his hits his head and almost like plummets <laughs> to his death always was like oh my yeah. god that's insane and everyone's like <laughs> grabbing onto the other yeah person. oh my gosh i'm yeah. like how are how, 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 how are they not falling off with them you know right oh my gosh right. yeah so that and then, you know, there's a lot of other fun stuff in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this has, though, I feel like this one has the most forgettable villain. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't remember his name. I guess he was trying to launch some missiles or something. I don't really remember. Um, right. That that scene with the cars towards the end, too, was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I in the beginning, there was a the, the fun scene where they're at the in Russia at the Kremlin. And there's that like the projector thing. And yeah uh that was really cool and like, yeah Ethan, yeah that was very he cool he doesn't even wear a mask he just puts on a mustache yeah and like a slightly different nose and they're just like yeah yep, you look yeah yep. completely different person <laughs> right yeah and then there's like, like like that huge explosion um at the yeah. Kremlin is very cool it's that whole sequence um mm-hmm. i i do feel like this he ethan obviously does have like plot armor <laughs> because mm-hmm. obviously like he wouldn't be able to survive all this stuff but um it was right. kind of in- interesting to see at like d- during that whole like car garage um sequence mm. it seems like like his like i think he like breaks his leg and stuff and it's like you know they'll like he does get injured but then he also drives a car like onto a right. like what like a at least a 50 foot drop probably you know mm-hmm. and survive so <laughs> it is kind yeah. of that is kind of funny but yeah this is mm-hmm. a very fun one it's probably the most fun out of all of these yeah yeah i definitely agree with that but moving on to five it came out in 2015 this one is the first no actually ghost per protocol was the first one number four to have like a subtitle 
Okay, um, yeah. And then with five is Rogue Nation. And this mm-hmm. is the first one directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who has yep. gone on to direct Fallout and now is directing the new the mm-hmm. new ones. Um, mm-hmm. The two This was actually the first one that I saw. Oh, and then I okay. watched them all in reverse order after that. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like if I had watched these ones first and then seen three, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have had much impact on me. Because yeah, like, compared to the other ones, yeah, it, it's missing a lot of the like really cool elements of the later movies. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, considering it was like my first one, you know, it was. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I probably feel the same too if I'd seen the first one first. I feel like I would have maybe that yeah. one would have impacted me more. But after seeing the third one, the first one just felt like a lot older. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so five. The, this one is like kind of had to grow on me a bit. Like I never disliked it, but like mm-hmm. the more I watch it, the more I like it. I feel like there were just a lot that I missed the first time around because sure, sure. this is arguably the most complex plot wise at this point. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And we we do get like a this is kind of the beginning. Apparently, the the director wanted to do this. this is the first time we really start to really have carryover characters besides Luther and Benji, but we we you know we have like a villain that doesn't just die. Um, right, Rebecca up until Ferguson's this girl. point, the yeah. franchise has been very episodic. Like you can watch them in whatever order yes. you want. You can start on number three, you can watch them backwards. But with this one, it's mm-hmm. like there's a story, and you have to watch them in order. Yeah, which I did like about. Um, yeah, four felt like like the only thing that really tied into like the previous ones was like how his wife kind of showed up at the mm-hmm. end, you know. Right. Um, but this one, well, yeah, and and also the Jeremy Renner character talks about like how he was supposed to protect his wife or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this one this has a lot of really cool, just a lot of great scenes. No, like I, I feel oh, yeah. like I almost remember the scenes more than the plot itself. Mm. um like you know that scene at the opera was just like really 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 cool yeah Um, yeah and yeah the whole like idea of the rogue nation was pretty interesting like just Mm -hmm. weren't they were they all previous imf agents or were they just like special forces and stuff from other countries i I think they were all different special forces because i think they mentioned some from the um what's that one from from the uk there's this by mi6 um, my, yeah, MI6. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was some MI6 in there as well. Okay. So I feel like it's not just IMF, but it's a bunch of other agencies as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And they, they say something about it being like an anti-IMF. Right. And I guess my one gripe with this movie is I feel like you don't really feel the scope of that. Like there sure. are a couple times where there are like rogue nation agents, you know, like anti-IMF agents. But then the rest of the time, it's pretty much just them against the main bad guy who I can't remember his name. But mm-hmm. um so yeah that's like my main gripe with it but like everything else in this is really cool like that holding your breath scene (laughs) like that like that 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 was nuts um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know at least once i've tried to hold my breath with it i was like no (laughs) it's it's not happening (laughs) right Um, right and uh i really like it was like that that car chase yeah immediately after that yeah right like Um. he, he he's uh brought back to life after drowning and then he's like oh right. well it's time to go for a high speed chase and then almost <laughs> like yeah wreck right. your motorcycle and basically die no? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and i thought it was in- interesting how um uh rebecca ferguson yeah rebecca ferguson's character what's her name i can't remember what the hell Il- Ilsa? i think it is 
I, yeah, yeah, I think it's Ilsa because it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how um, she really her character really keeps you guessing the whole movie is like whose mm, side is she on right, because right. she keeps helping Ethan, but then she keeps betraying him mm-hmm. for uh, Solomon Lane, and I'm pretty sure he has like some dirt on her or something, which is why she yeah. is working for him. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I I do really like her development throughout this movie and how her relationship with Ethan develops. Right, right. Um, all that was very cool. And like the, there are a couple of things at the end where they they basically like trick Solomon Lane into like going into that glass box, mm-hmm. which I'm yeah. still like I still was never able to wrap my head around like how they planned all that. But you know, it's yeah, it's still cool. Uh, right. But I think that what well, a scene I really like is where. It's the Alec Baldwin character, which I I, I I do actually enjoy his character quite a bit. I, I mm-hmm. kind of think he's a pretty mm-hmm. good um, addition to this. And I feel like he's kind of, he's almost like the meta commentary of these movies because he's basically just talking about how like ridiculous Ethan Hunt is and like all the stuff he does. Yeah, I think um, at one point he calls Ethan the human manifestation of destiny or something ridiculous like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he does. It's Yeah, it's nuts. I feel like Tom Cruise might have written some of those lines, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but just that scene where he's with the, um, I think, the Prime Minister of England and, like, somebody else, mm-hmm. and they're, like, trying to yeah. warn him, warn the Prime Minister that he's in danger. And mm-hmm. I forget who it is, honestly, but one of them is in a mask and is actually Ethan. And I thought yeah. that was, like, a super good reveal. Like, I didn't expect mm-hmm. that going into it. And I do like at the mm-hmm. end of that um, Alec Baldwin's character – uh, Alan Hunley ends up like being won, won over by them and is like on their side by the end. Yeah, and becomes, he's the secretary in the next one. Yeah, and he becomes like the new yeah. director of like mm-hmm. IMF, I think, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's all very cool. Um, good one. I mean, like I feel like all, all of these are good after like yeah after after two. Like I enjoy all of them, and they, they and they just keep getting more and more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I will say that um, I, I don't know. I'm really torn on on this because the um, the airplane scene is probably my favorite of the series, but oh, okay. it's not connected to the rest of the plot of the movie. That is true. So it's, it's, it's like random. it's this, this epic stunt, but it's like mm. okay, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, yeah, it, it's weird. Apparently, at some points in the stunt, uh, they were suspended like five thousand feet in the air. Yeah, it, he was really strapped to the side of an airplane. It was that's pretty cool. I yeah, I didn't realize that they went that high. I thought yeah. they just kind of went like a, maybe maybe a couple hundred feet, you know, and then like came yeah. back down. But for, for some of it, they were actually like in the air, like holy hell! Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. that is pretty cool. Um, yeah, apparently Tom Cruise was injured six times during the making of this movie. Uh, so like, I surprising. feel like, I mean, he's in excellent shape, but I feel like he, like when he's seventy, he's 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 not gonna be able to move. Like, he, right, like his right. muscles and like everything is going to be so tight and like, ah, uh, mm. <laughs> you know, but yeah. hey, you know, yeah. dedication to the craft, I guess. Mm. But moving on to Fallout, this yes. one, yeah, came out 2018. Mm. This one was fun, too, because I, you know, I basically went back and rewatched all the other ones leading up to yeah. this. And honestly, I would have been OK if they ended it here. Like, it felt like mm. it could have sure. been an ending. Um, but you know, I'm glad that they didn't at the same time, but I feel like th- yeah. this one has a real weight to it. Yeah. More so than probably any other one before mm-hmm. it, it still has some fun stuff, but I feel like it's more like cool than it is fun. 
if you yeah. know what I mean. Because it's, I, I guess it's like it's not really lighthearted at all. It takes everything very seriously. Which, yeah, I would say it's probably the most visceral we've seen yeah. so far. Yeah, and I feel like it's just probably visually the best too. Mm. Just yeah. the way everything's shot, um, like the um, color grading. Mm. All that stuff is just very well done. I, I like how everybody's in this. You know, we got mm-hmm. um, Luther and um, Benji and Elsa. That they're all part of the yeah. team. But then even Ethan's wife. Like I'm, I'm glad they brought her back and kind of, mm-hmm. kind of tied a bow on their story, which I feel like was kind right. of hanging since the third movie. Yeah, and they kind of gave them like both Ethan and her like a good place to go like because you know like she, she like they didn't it wasn't very practical for them to stay together forever but right, it right. was nice that they both you know had like these like she had like another doctor guy mm-hmm. um that she a- a- ended up with and then he ethan you know, they, you know they very strongly suggested that he and ilsa finally get together yeah um but then we also see the return of Solomon Lane, and I feel like he's mm-hmm. even better in this one. I feel like in the in Rogue yeah. Nation, I had a little bit of a hard time taking him super seriously as like mm-hmm. the main bad guy. I guess as like the main like leader of the anti IMF. I guess. Right. I-, I don't know if it's the beard or what, but in this, I feel like he's a little more menacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just just right from the beginning, it's like every scene in this, every action scene is just really well executed, really well done, feels really heavy, yeah. like really weighted. Um, I really like Henry Cavill's character because mm-hmm. like at first it just seems like he's a dick, but like a useful dick. But then right. it turns out he's like the main bad guy. I thought, yeah, like that whole yeah. sequence was super cool where they tricked him, you know, with Benji having the mask and then mm. um, what's his face? Alan Hunley like was actually helping them the whole time. And then right. there's like that whole fight where he ends up getting killed by um, Henry Cavill's character. Oh, on the freaking mm-hmm. bathroom fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is, e- e- that's easily the best like hand to hand combat scene in, mm-hmm. in these movies. And one of the best in like, I think just action movies in general, because like, it just yeah. feels like, you know, like all the blows feel like they really hit. And they mm-hmm. like they all seem like they're fighting for their lives. You know, it doesn't feel it, like they seem very skilled, but it doesn't feel stylized in a way like, oh, well, it's obvious somebody choreographed this and they're all pulling their punch. At, you know, right, right. I think the only thing to really I, criticize about it is somebody being able to pull a pipe out of the wall. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I will say that this movie is it pulls off the thing that very few movies do, where it's just like nonstop action, like yeah. from the beginning, it just doesn't yeah. doesn't it's relentless all the way yeah. through. Yeah. And there's a lot of intrigue as well, though. Mm. And like you really, this is like I, this is like yeah, the the sixth movie in the franchise. Right. But you really, it, I feel like they do a really good job making you actually fear for like all the characters' lives. Yeah, especially yeah. Ethan's. Like, there's so many times where you're like, oh crap, like that looks like it hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and but what I really like too is it felt like the villains and the heroes were very evenly matched the whole movie. Yeah, um, it didn't really feel like. It felt like every time one, like the antagonist got ahead, the protagonist was right behind and vice versa. You know, Mm, I I don't think there was ever a time where the antagonist got like, you know, too far ahead where it's like, oh, it's totally hopeless. The whole world is lost. You know, Mm. it felt like Ethan Hunt and his team outsmarted Walker a lot. And then he outsmarted them a lot. And it's kind of, you know, like I really liked 
there were several scenes where they set up this whole scenario to like trick somebody. Like I, I love that scene at the beginning where mm. they tricked that um, scientist guy by having like a whole freaking newscast and like fake hospital right. room <laughs> made right. up. Like that was so cool. They they really went all out with those grand like mm. espionage um, sequences, and I really loved that. And yeah. they even had like Wolf Blitzer, <laughs> like an actual journalist. Yeah. In right, it. That right. was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, there's nothing like, I, I, I really can't think of anything that I disliked about this movie besides like in, in, insanely minor things that, right, you know, right. Would be, are just very nitpicky. Oh, and having, um, what's, what's her name? The woman he goes to in the first movie, her oh, kids. Oh, Max? Max, yeah. her kids are characters in this now, which I thought mm-hmm, was a cool. Mm-hmm. This one yeah. almost does feel like a send off because it has so many characters from the whole franchise in it. Right, right. But it does it in such a way that it feels like it doesn't feel like just purely fan service, you know? Mm, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know if Dead Reckoning can top this one. I guess we'll see. Like, I feel like the yeah. trailers have been so vague with Dead Reckoning. Yeah. I'm really not sure what's going to happen in it. And how much of a two-parter it's going to be, you know, like yeah. if, if it's going to have a um, cliffhanger, like across the Spider-Verse or what, you know? Mm. Yeah, I was talking with my friends and it, it's 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 almost, ex- it's kind of exciting because the only thing we know about this movie is that he rides a motorcycle off a cliff. We don't know anything else about this movie. And so I'm, yeah, I'm really intrigued. Right, and that um, Ilsa has an eye patch for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to, yeah, I forget mm-hmm. who's the, is, do we know who the villain is? Like, like who, who the actor is? No, I don't okay. know off the top of my head. Okay. So yeah, it is. Yeah. Very interesting. I, I really hope it, I really hope it is like still falls into the, like, keep, they keep getting better aspect mm-hmm. of this franchise. I, I hope this isn't like. Mm-hmm. Like ah, this should have ended, you know. <laughs> that's, right, that, right. That's kind of my my fear. Oh yeah, I know. Sa Morales. It seems like he's at least one villain in it. Okay. Um, he played Deathstroke in Titans, and oh, he's, okay. he's been in a lot okay. of other stuff. Carrie Ellie's yeah. in it as well. I don't know if he's a bad guy, but mm. yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of famous people in this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it seems like Haley Atwell is going to be a big supporting character as well. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very intrigued. I really hope this is like a really good like two part like epic. Mm-hmm. I, I guess mm-hmm. finale. Like I'm not sure if they're planning more after this, but right. I guess right. we'll see. But yeah, let's uh, I guess talk about which ones we like the most yeah. and dislike the most. I do we agree that the second one is the worst? Yeah. Okay. I, think that's, that's I, pretty, I, fe- yeah. I feel like that's kind of hard to <laughs> argue with. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, but yeah, which one or ones are your favorite? Um, I guess you had to pick really, like a top two or three. It's really hard with the last three, but mm-hmm. I think that I think that four and five are gonna edge out six just a little bit. But those are okay. those are all three so good, and I also yeah. really love the first one too. So, um, yeah. but I think four and five are probably my favorite. I'm not okay. sure. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really hard for because for me, I like basically three three through six like a lot yeah um for me fallout is my favorite like by a mile sure sure um i would say like when i first saw it like i i you know i was i was expecting it to be good but it was like mm-hmm. way better than i expected and it hasn't diminished at all like from rewatches 
Right, right. Um, so I just really like that one. And um, I think three always hold like hold a little place in my heart. But sure. I feel like if I had to do it like second, I feel like if I had to balance like objectivity with like, um, you know, subjective, just enjoying stuff. I feel like mm -hmm. four would probably be my second choice. Yeah, it's, it, it's really hard because five is good, but there's something about it that doesn't make me go like that's my favorite you know like i can't mm, really pinpoint sure. it maybe like rewatching it i would think of it but maybe there's just something in the middle where it just kind of dips a little bit um sure. i feel like i remember the beginning and the end and then the middle yeah. is uh, kind of there but you know um mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. four i feel like is just a great blend of being really fun but also yeah. just being a really good you know mission impossible movie so right right yeah but yeah, yeah that is our uh take on the mission impossible franchise i did want to mm -hmm. just spend like three minutes on a new segment called um some of the dumbest things i've seen online recently so all right um yeah i i i don't know if anything comes to mind for you but i think yeah, I, I i can think of at least two things or at least one or two things so, well i don't yeah. know well i'll let you go first i have okay. something i don't know if it's gonna fit so i'll let you go first and okay. then, then i'll judge if mine works um I know I, I had two and I can't remember two. I, I can remember one. Of course, this came from Twitter, um, mm -hmm. but I just saw like some like it's always the thing with Twitter is it's like always this people just posting these random stupid thoughts that they mm. should really just like say to themselves. But instead, they're like, I'm going to go on Twitter. So it, it's like some it, it's very random, but it was just saying something like. uh like if if Superman doesn't need to fight with his sword, then neither does Wonder Woman. I'm like, that's funny. What? Like, I, I part of me hopes it's ironic, but it's like, that the, what? That that's stupid. Like, wh Superman like was born on a futuristic world and then raised by farmers in Kansas. Wonder Woman was raised on an island of ancient Greek um, warriors. So it's like, of course, she would have been raised to use like swords and shields and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. it's, it's it's like very bad comparison. Like you could argue, you know, whether one woman should or not, you know, use weapons just by her own history where she has used and not used them. Mm -hmm. But like bringing mm -hmm. like Superman into it is like so random. Like I don't even and you never get like fully fleshed out ideas on Twitter. It's always just like dumb statement. Let's start a fight, you know? Right. Because it's so small. You can't like give any context to it. You only yeah. have so many characters. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if th threads will be any better. That's like the new app people are. It seems yeah. like the same thing. So I feel like all the talks people are going to migrate over to threads eventually. and It's going to get terrible mm -hmm. all over again. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah. I, I can't remember the other thing. Maybe I'll remember it next episode. I, I don't know. But what about you? Um, mine is a review that I read for my own book. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, so the, the book in question is a collection of three short stories. And the last one is a story where there are like four or five main characters. They're all women. Mm -hmm. And the antagonist is a very nasty misogynist guy. Okay. And um, so somebody, some, some idiot on the internet read this story and came to the conclusion that I hate women. Oh, nice. That <laughs> and makes it's like, sense. I don't know how you could possibly yeah, like, I, and it's, 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 you know, I read negative reviews all the time. Like, oh, I don't like the story. The writing's bad. I don't care about that. Yeah. But the fact that they... They read this story and interpreted it so backwards and then That's... came to the conclusion that I hate women. It, it made me really upset. Yeah, I don't understand, like, when there's an obvious villain, 
or mm-hmm. bad guy who's demonstrating yeah. these qualities. And then you're like, well, the fact that you acknowledge these qualities exists means that you're like, you right. agree with them. And it's like, how does that make any sense? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's so stupid. Or even like vice versa, where if a villain, you know, has certain qualities, you're saying that those qualities are bad. Because like mm. I saw somebody say that about Lex Luthor in um, the in Batman v Superman, like because he was an atheist, Zack Snyder was saying the atheists are bad. I'm like what? Like, right. <laughs> like no, yeah. it was just what? <laughs> like that doesn't make any damn sense. Right. No. It's not yeah. so, like the conclusion some people bring to yeah. stuff, but yeah, I I can't remember the other thing. I Oh yeah, I I I do actually. So somebody said that Wolverine should have CGI muscles cuz they were like complaining about the new Wolverine suit having sleeves. Mm. And they were saying like I I guess they came to the conclusion that they didn't have sleeves because Hugh Jackman wasn't going to get buff enough to not have them, which I don't think is really a problem. But Interesting. Uh, he was saying like, oh, yeah, I know he doesn't want to get in super Wolverine shape anymore, but they should just CGI muscles on there. I'm like, no, like people are OK. Yeah. F- first off, everyone's always complaining about too much CGI, especially mm-hmm. in MCU movies. So that would be a terrible idea. Secondly, that would just not look good. That, that would like pe- people would be able to tell they would look mm-hmm. too oversized and like they already tried to CGI his claws in the past. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, no, that's a horrible idea. And then. Apparently, I've I, I heard that I guess the main reason, not only because it's like there's literally no reason to have him be sleeveless besides it's mm-hmm. in the comics, you know, where everything is exaggerated. Like there's no practical use to have like a sleeveless costume besides be like, oh, he's both, you know, um, but apparently it's it's due to his um, skin cancer. I guess oh. I think I, I guess it's like he can't, I guess, get exposed to much of the sun. I'm not sure if it's specifically on his arms currently or it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. he I, I know he's had in the past. I don't think it's like, you know, it's cancer. I think it just goes in remission. So I'm guessing he has to be careful with his sun exposure. So I guess okay. that's the main reason. But yeah, it's like I feel like some people get so hung up on like I want it to be exactly like this mm-hmm. one comic panel. And if it's not going right. to be that way, I'm going to complain, you know. Yeah, exactly. They, they go into these things with a checklist instead yeah. of just being like, hey, I'm here to enjoy myself and have a good time, you know? Yeah, right. Like, and, you know, like I want things to be like so much comic accurate, but usually I'm just like, you know, I, I want it to capture certain aspects, but they're like vague, you know, like right. overarching aspects, not like he better have this one thing on his costume or I'm going to riot, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> right, right. But yeah, some people are never happy, you know? Yeah. Yep. Oh well. But yeah, that is our mm-hmm. episode this this week. These come out every other Wednesday, so sure to check those yeah. out, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.